This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. A little while ago on Health Matters, we did an episode on the importance of influenza vaccine for the elderly. Now, many of you responded to that. And it was really an eye-opening moment for a lot of people and a reminder, of course, about the importance of dealing with the twindemic that we might find ourselves in. COVID as well as influenza. But more importantly, it goes to that bigger, bigger issue of how ready many of us are to have vaccination as a natural part of our health lifestyle. Bearing in mind that prevention is always better than cure. I've said it time and time again on my show. And the evidence behind well-known and well-established vaccinations, especially for our older population, is going to potentially uh, improve quality of life, um, add more years to your life, reduce healthcare costs and burden, and so much more. And also like lighten the load in terms of the hospital's care system. It's all linked to an injection that you're going to get. Now, I get it when it came to the COVID discussion for three years on this radio show. I was talking with all of you and hearing your concerns about vaccinations that were new and unproven and untested, that kind of thing. But what about vaccines that have already been a big part of our system? For example, the shingles vaccine has been out there a little while um, and has shown some evidence to potentially help because after all, one in three adults in Singapore may develop shingles over their lifetime. I'm using this as the tipping point for our discussion today as I welcome back to the show from that very episode with influenza. Uh, Dr. Carol Tan returns, geriatrician from the, and medical director of the Good Life Medical Centre. Dr. Tan, welcome back. Hi. Hi. We were just talking about um, the, the, the growth of Advanced ID, that new uh, chain of networks that are going to test for antibiotic resistance and MRSA and everything like that. Infectious diseases are a hot topic on my show today. The problem is, this is what we're dealing with going forward, isn't it? Infectious diseases, that's the big one for all of us. Yes, indeed. And I was just listening to the previous uh, guest on your show, and he made a very good point that antibiotics can be very toxic, may not be effective. And I think that's the key point that all of us are realizing. And you brought up something that's really important, is how can we naturally protect ourselves Mm -hmm. against all these bugs out there? Mm -hmm. That's the key point, isn't it? So for something like shingles, though, for example, up to 50% of us already have it, But uh, like because we had chicken pox and therefore we have zoster. Actually, the figures may be as high as 90%. But oh. I thought that it was very interesting because in our previous discussion, right, we talked about infectious diseases as enemy, right? right. And we are fighting the war. Mm. Um, for COVID, the enemy was outside. Out- we could shut the borders, we could wear masks, we could keep the enemy outside. Mm. But the thing about shingles is actually the enemy is within us. Oh no, it's the enemy within that's lying dormant. Yes, exactly. So it's the internal enemy. So we all have been exposed to chicken pox. I don't know if, Daniel, you are senior I enough to remember chicken pox parties course. that your parents brought you to. Oh, no, they never did, thankfully. And I, I, hope ne- I hope that has stopped. I hope that's no longer a thing. It was a thing in the 90s for some reason. Yes. I mean, we all remember that when someone had chicken pox, that if we sometimes, I mean, long time ago, people used to bring their children just to get exposed, right? Because yeah. it's, yeah, and so it's chicken pox in the, in the babies, right? It's very zoster. but the point being that all of us have been exposed and we've got the, right, the virus hiding somewhere in our body. Yeah. And it's fine. Um, and they actually do, uh, Singapore government did actually have chickenpox subsidies, chickenpox uh, vaccine subsidies from 18 to, I think, about 50. 
And the, but then we all live longer than 50. Yeah. So now we have to play catch up because as we get older, our immunity wanes and the internal enemy remains. And so that's the whole issue about shingles vaccine because it's the same virus as chickenpox. Why is this such an important concern for the elderly in particular? Is it it's only going to show up in your later years, is it, past 50? If yeah, it, does. It, tends to, it tends to show up in your later years and people say, oh, it's okay, I survived chickenpox. But the problem with shingles, which is the older version of chickenpox, is that it's the pain and the suffering. Mm. And that is permanent. It can be permanent. How do you measure pain, right? Is it in dollar value or is it in suffering? And that you wouldn't really, people always say, right, you, until you suffer it, you wouldn't realize how important it is to try and prevent. Yeah. The, they describe the shingles pain as burning. I've had patients that couldn't even put on their their clothes because a little touch will trigger it. And the issue is that because the nerves are being destroyed or inflamed, this pain can be permanent and is very disabling. What have you and seen in terms of the quality of life of somebody who's dealing with shingles, really? Exactly. And I mean... The truth is, for our healthcare system, what we don't measure doesn't exist, right? Or what we cannot measure doesn't exist. But yeah. how do you measure pain and suffering? Yeah. And that's the whole point about shingles. The disability, the pain as a result of getting the re-emergence and the, not being able to fight off this virus which is hiding in our bodies is something that seniors do suffer. And we have seen an uptick of it. Uh, in the COVID years, we are wondering why. I mean, really? the verdict is still, uh, yes, there has been an uptick during the COVID uh, epi- pandemic. Oh. And we have seen a lot more, I'm sure, anecdotally also, right? You have mm. friends who say, hey, you know, somebody who had the setua, the, the, the snake mm. and the shingles. So we have seen that uptick. I think the scientists are, are evaluating why, but probably it's because of just overwhelming infections, immunity being in, dropping. So we are all just, trying to battle as many viruses and infections. Yes, exactly. If you have limited soldiers, if you think about it, right, it's like our national service, right, our armed forces. If you have only a limited number of soldiers and you have enemies coming from within, without and everything, you have limited ability to fight off all these infections. So obviously, ideally, if you've never been exposed to chickenpox in the first place, then you're very safe against shingles. Right, because zoster is not within you, and you get chickenpox vaccine, and and that's the that's 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 two steps ahead of it, so to speak. But if you have it, do we have a tool? That's why I want to know more about if you've had chickenpox, if you've got zoster hiding somewhere in the body, and one day that infection comes along that triggers it into becoming shingles. What do you do? Can you do something before that happens? So if we've Potentially, a lot of us have been exposed to something like chickenpox at a young age. Therefore, we are at risk of having and developing shingles in our later life, Dr. Tan. What is the option? Do we have a vaccine? Can vaccination play a role against shingles? We, I don't think a lot of people know about this and talk about this. Yeah, I think this is something very exciting that we actually do have uh, new, um, new tools to fight against infectious diseases, as well as to prevent the complications of infectious diseases. So shingles is something that we already discussed, right? It's already the the virus is in our body. What's exciting about the development of the vaccines is now we can fight this internal enemy and we can fight it to prevent the serious complications. Shingles is painful, so the vaccines, um, the newer vaccines are actually more effective. I guess they've been, the scientists are really clever now. So they invent new ways to make the vaccines uh, so that they are effective to dampen down the complications of the virus. 
That's something that we've learned from our COVID experience, right? I mean, just because you've had the COVID vaccine doesn't mean you'll never get COVID. Um, But it does mean that if you were to get it, you would get a much um, lesser uh, form of it and it'll be much more manageable. Likewise, we're seeing that in this experience of something like with the newer vaccines for Shingoza. Exactly. So, I mean, all of us have had our COVID vaccines, right? Most Mm. of us in Mm. Singapore. And we all know the government told us, yes, it's not going to prevent 100%, right? There's no guarantee of 100% for any vaccine. However, it stops you from going to ICU, Mm. right? It stops you from uh, getting seriously ill. And I think that's the whole point about vaccines. If we can prevent the complications, the serious complications, then it's the more natural way. I mean, we've talked about uh, antibiotics and how they can be very, very strong and you know, quite toxic in a way. Yeah. Although we need it, it's, I don't, don't refuse antibiotics. Yeah. But the point being that for shingles, the pain medication can be equally, uh, equal, have, also have side effects. We do use very strong pain medication for shingles, the pain of shingles. And a lot of these drugs have significant side effects. It's so interesting to think about it. I think more people might be more willing to solve a problem when it happens, i.e., okay, lah, I'll take the antibiotic if I get sick because that will solve the problem. When they might be less likely to want to consider lifelong vaccinations at the start, which could be a lot simpler and less toxic potentially as well. I mean, there are some countries where there's lots of vaccinations happening all throughout somebody's life, not just at the beginning or not just at the later years, right? Yes, it's called a whole life approach to vaccination. And I think internationally, COVID has also taught us this lesson, that countries that have a whole life, that means birth to death approach to vaccines, uh, actually are doing better. It's that whole concept of overall immunity, or maybe it's awareness and the take-up rate. But whatever it is, it's it's an interesting movement. And I think uh, this is something we have all learned, that Let's not wait for the fire to break out and then start scrambling for antibiotics or start scrambling for pain medication. Let's try and do what we can to minimise the risk. I think, like, okay, it's wonderful that we've always had this policy of of all those vaccines happening when you're a little baby. Um, and, and it's wonderful that we always... But maybe it, it created most of us. I'm wondering if that's a very Singaporean thing. We think like, okay, like all sorted, all settled. I had all my vaccines when I was a baby. Done, sorted. To the point that it didn't engender or create this idea of adult vaccination. Yeah, I'm, I think there's, a, there's this thing about trusting, trust, right? And I think our ministers talk about it also, trust in the healthcare system. Our baby vaccination rate is 98%. Yeah. So we go, yes, like you just said, right? Okay, been there, done that. Sorted. Okay, all sorted out. Yep. <laughs> sorted. I didn't but feel then, any pain because I was a baby, all even better. Yeah, exactly. But then we forget about the fact that uh, <clears throat> every day you grow older, and then you grow older, <laughs> and then your humility starts to win, and you go, oh. I have to boost again, right? We forget about the fact that, yes, the average Singaporean, thanks to our wonderful healthcare system, clean environment and all the other things, we have a good chance of living to <clears throat> 90 years old. Mm. Uh-huh. So we've got to start all over again and reboost them. Exactly. Okay. I remember we, I just covered um, World Tuberculosis Day and it was like, one of the questions from my listeners, like, didn't we do a BCG? Doesn't that protect me? It's like, when I was young and our guest doctor was like, yeah, but you got older. <laughs> the same thing that you yeah. said, you got older. So that immunity wanes. So you can't, you can't think, this notion of lifelong immunity also has to change perhaps, don't you think? Yes. 
I, I think, I mean, you and I have been talking about prevention for um, more than five years. <laughs> uh, it's more than 12, 15 years already, Dr. Tan. It's been a while. <laughs> yes, I know. And I don't you find it's a bit cyclical? We're talking about the same things again. Yeah. Uh, because as a, every year we get older, everyone yeah. gets older. So we have to remind ourselves. And I think that's the whole point about prevention, about vaccination, is the reminding uh, that we are getting older and that you did a wonderful job as a baby. Well, it's not what you did. Your parents did it. But the point is now we have to take ownership for ourselves and do it for ourselves now, even as our parents were good and brought us to the clinics when we were born, right? So now we have to do it ourselves. Yes. Dr. Tan, somebody's WhatsApped across and asks, do we have to reach 65 years old? Then we can do the shingles vaccine. And is the current vaccine two jabs with a one-year gap? Could that last lifelong as well? Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about this. What do we know about the current recommendations for this newer forms? Well, for the shingles vaccine, the, the latest version, um, it's actually 50 years and above. Yep. So you don't have to wait till you are 65. Uh, what is very interesting about this uh, shingles vaccine is that the data is coming out that is very promising that it lasts longer. So it's showing that is the effect is protective for 10 years mm. or even longer. So, well, uh, if you are 50 years and you get it at 51, uh, you won't need it for recommendations, international guidelines for another 10 years. Of course, if you are 80 years old, then it's lifetime because the probability of you going on to 100 is a lot less. Mm. Yep. But I think what is very interesting about this particular vaccine is that it has been specially formulated to be in a population that already is naturally lower immunity. Mm. So for me, that is exciting because I am a geriatrician, so I, my patients are all lower immunity. So we look at all these data, the research, and we go, it's already hard enough to give vaccines to an older person who has lower immunity, but to have it long lasting longer, I think we all want to have fewer vaccines, right? Mm. A lot of people are talking about vaccine fatigue, right? I have mm. patients who say, how many more times are you going to poke me, right? I feel like a pincushion. So vaccines that are formulated to especially last longer so they don't have to poke it every six months or yeah. whatever, it, it's wonderful, yeah? yeah? I mean, it's something we should seriously consider. Um, so these are the latest developments in the whole science of vaccine development, which to me is especially important because I deal with the fact that my patients can't tolerate the antibiotics. They can't tolerate the side effects of the painkillers. So this for me is the solution or at least one of the key priorities to help my patients. Thanks to my listener for that question. Great one indeed. Got another one coming up. But just to add on to the taking multiple vet shots at one time, I just finished a round of, of vaccines and it was one of those that was spaced out like two months, three months, six months. And there was a couple of times when I went in, it was like one of my left arm, one of my right arm, both at the same time. You know, that kind of thing. Different vaccines, but just I scheduled them on the same day as well. Yikes. Um, but it was fine. It was, not, it was a little, little, little inconsequential, that's all. Um, this next person asked, does it mean if my kids have been vaccinated against chickenpox that they, were, that they, are, that they will never develop develop shingles? No, that's not true. Again, it's a, it's a question. Shingles is a question of immunity. Mm. Um, so yes, it's great. And, and I think that the person highlighted the point that yes, now our newer generation kids, yeah, they're all getting their chickenpox vaccines and that's great. Yeah. So, but the kids will grow older. So when you get to the age of granny, grandpa, don't forget to get your uh, shingles vaccine. Mm.
Should we be doing any tests beforehand? Do we need to do any blood tests? You know how sometimes people cannot remember whether they had chickenpox or not? Or just do it, it's fine. Yeah, well, I, I think for me, and I think this discussion we've always held is about healthcare costs and whether the taking the blood test uh, is going to make a difference. Uh, blood tests are also expensive. And I think in Singapore population and Asian population, or even worldwide, and that's why CDC America just recommends it, because the assumption is you probably were exposed, the virus is already inside your body. So um, then just consider the vaccines, um, because it is pretty safe and effective. And at the end of the day, Dr. Tan, I love it that you come on the show and help me talk about these as well, because the more that you and I talk about it, I'm hoping the more that our listeners will go out and talk to their healthcare uh, practitioners and ask the question about vaccination as well, because we want to make sure that people are asking, getting the right information, and maybe starting that journey into adult vaccination if they haven't already. Dr. Tan, thank you so much for joining me on today's edition of Health Matters. I've been speaking to geriatrician and medical director of the Good Life Medical Centre, Dr. Carol Tan, to download more health matters podcasts head on over to cna.asia slash listen or download from apple Podcasts or spotify podcast just search health matters cna i'm daniel martin thanks for joining me before making any decisions based on the information in our program please consult a medical professional